0: So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right
1: now. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Digital Kill the Radio Star and uh, when I say welcome back, it has been a while and we appreciate everybody hanging there with us. It's been about three months or so and um, I hope everybody has had a good holiday. I, I know I have. It was a little different than, than holidays past, but uh, hopefully we're moving on past that. And so as always, I have my good buddy Chris Craig on the other line. And Chris, it's good to see your face. It's been a while.
2: It has been a while, man. Good to see you, David Spencer Hudson. And <laughs> I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I was going to ask you how long's this been.
1: But you it's, said about three months. It's been about. It's been about ten days, less than under three months. I look today. Man. It. See if I remember how to board people with my uh useless music knowledge. <laughs> I know. I was telling I'm up Chris, for the challenge. I was telling Chris before we came on I had to remember where to find the call recorder and, and mm-hmm. to get everything up. It's it really has <laughs> uh it has been a while. And uh Chris, this has been a uh first of all, it's been a year unlike any other. But for music fans like you and me, it has really been a year unlike any other. I was telling somebody the other day, I think this is the longest since I was 15 years old of going without going to a concert.
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's been weird. There's been, you know, we, we go to a lot of concerts, you and I do. We travel for concerts. About, what, the three months before this, I traveled to Philadelphia of all places to go see the Misfits. You know, it's just, it's what we do. It's what we love. Um Music really is a big part of our lives. So there's been a lot of bad things about this, this COVID pandemic that we've been in. But for guys like us, this is up there as one of the worst, not being able to go see live shows. And I think I've had it a little bit better than most because I've, I've told David that you know, a lot of people, a lot of people know the name Dale Watson. He's a, uh, I'd say he's a traditional classic country music artist and he's a, he's got a national name. If you don't know much about him, check him out. But, uh, anyway, he has a bar, legendary bar, old honky tonk that he, he bought, reopened, set back up. And I've been to see him several times. One time uh, about, it was right before Thanksgiving. He had Jim Heath, who is the Reverend Horton Heath, come in and play with him. So I've, uh, I've I haven't had it as bad as others. I've at least seen some, seen some live music. It's good music, but, um, man, I'm ready to make it a regular thing. i seen a bunch of different
1: artists. Mine has just strictly been live streams. Uh, I watched, um, there was, Pearl Jam did one the other night from Rome, Italy from a couple years ago where they did 40 songs, um, which is just insane. And it was like 12 cameras and it was all HD. That was really good. Uh, I've watched some, you know, I've actually bought some and never watched them just to support certain people, and uh, I know you're the same way I do. Try to support these people. I have bought so many albums since March. I've probably almost tripled my uh, my record collection, and I know you've bought a bunch of music as well.
2: That and order T-shirts. Yeah, you know, I've ordered T-shirt from sort of, from artists at early light like because. You know these are these are tough times, and I and I still don't know how musicians are really getting by. You know, because you know, in the lower level musicians is what I'm talking about. Because I I don't see how they are, and maybe they are. I don't know enough about this. I haven't tried to look into it, but if some of the some of the, the the stimulus, the money has been passed, and all it's for un, you know enhanced unemployment and all that. But what about a musician? You know, a touring musician. I don't know if there's been anything for that and I don't know how, man, I don't know how they're doing it. And, um, unfortunately I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of the very lower level bands that let's face it. I listen to a lot of those bands. I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of them that don't continue after this because they've got, they they have to find other ways to work.
1: That's true. A lot of bands I've seen, I know the Tedeschi trucks band has done this a few times. They've done like some live streams and they give all their money to their crew. Um, you know and I think a, a lot of the people that are able to to weather this are doing that kind of stuff
2: yeah BJ Barham of American Aquarium I know he did um he did several shows that there was where at least a couple of them I think where he gave every bit of the money to to his band I think his crew too but definitely to his band like he didn't take any of it he gave it all to them you know so there's there's been some there's definitely been some people that have stepped up during this but um, you know staying on the 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 covid thing but shifting a little bit you know we talked early on how we might see a big surge in music man i don't know when it's going to happen but i haven't seen it
1: i think people are i think people are sitting on a lot of it just i mean i don't know if you saw it. apparently slash gave an interview the other day and said we will have new guns N' roses music next year um i know they've been working on that I, i know a lot of bands like that i've that I've talked to with my other podcasts have said, you know, they've, they've recorded like an album or more is worth of material. And they're, you know, they're writing with other people and things like that. But right now, you know, I, I kind of question, like you should go ahead and release it right now. Or if you wait, people are going to have less discretionary income. And then the market's going to be flooded. I think with new music, which is what I think is going to happen with concerts. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of concerts just canceled for the rest of next year because there's only, there's going to be a demand for venues, and people. most people have less money than they did a year ago. Uh, but yeah, I, we're going to see a lot of um, good music coming out. i tell you something that popped up the other day on my Spotify, and I can't remember if I texted it to you or not, but I thought it was really good. Usually these kind of things I don't really like, but it's Richie Kotzen and Adrian Smith uh, have gotten together and apparently have an album coming out, and the single they released I thought was pretty good. It was good, because... It, was, it, it sounded like typical Cottson, but but I could hear
2: I could hear Adrian's playing on it. You, you could definitely hear that because I wondered, you know, Cottson never in his career has done anything remotely in the same universe as Iron Maiden, right? So I don't know how those two two even got together, but it sounded good. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I did. normally when you have those, well, I don't consider Cottson a hair metal guy, but normally when you have they, you know, you get a bunch of stuff thrown together like that, like a quote unquote super group. It's usually not really good, but I mean, I think this is going to be good. That's one of the most interesting things I've, I've heard in you in a while. Um, and just, you know, I'm like you just looking forward to some flood of new music and some great concerts.
2: Yeah. And you know, I guess a lot of them too are probably, there probably has been a lot of stuff recorded, but you know, maybe, maybe they know in this day and age of album sales that let's face that they don't sell much. They feel like, well, hey, let's drop it right when we know we can start touring. I mean, there may be tons of bands that have albums ready to, to go right now, but they're not going to do it. And they're not even telling anybody about it because as soon as they're ready to tour, bam, right. here's a new album.
1: Let's go. Now, I tell you one thing we have seen though is surprise albums being dropped, like yeah, without. And I, and, I, and I, I was
2: that we're probably gonna, we're going to have one in this, the top ten that really surprised me, but um. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off. No,
1: I just think that's that's been really cool. And um, Have you heard the new Taylor Swift song with The National? I haven't. You ought to listen to it. It's really, really good.
2: I heard a new song by, um, I guess it's new, but by the, the singer of The National, solo song.
1: Really? I didn't, uh, really? Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't mean, even know
2: what his name is, but it was really good. I, need I heard, to... it on, heard it on NXMU a few weeks ago. Okay,
1: I need to check that out. Um, yeah, I really... I really, really like them. Well, everybody knows that's been listening every year we do our uh, top 10 albums, and usually they're kind of all over the place. And uh, this year is probably no, um, no different than the other ones. I thought it was an above average year for new music releases. You know, I think for me, I think this is
2: probably my favorite top 10. It's not to say that there's definitely albums from prior years since we've been doing this that... Would have been in the top five here, there. So this isn't to say that albums here are better than albums of the past, but I think that's a that's a collective. I liked it better, and yeah, I, uh, I had some late year editions that you know without those it might would have been a little bit more challenging to put together a top ten. But now it was a matter of grouping you know, how the
1: order of how I put them. But but no, I, there's some albums that I the release that I really really love. And we have two in common, and I think that's the most we most times we've ever, the most we've ever in, had in common before.
2: Mm-hmm. And mine's going to be a little bit different too, because you talk about all over the map. Some people might say this is all over the map. I'm looking at it, and I don't really think it is. I mean, there's there's no, you know, like goat whore or anything like that
1: <laughs> that's going to be thrown in at random. So you know,
2: <laughs> so I think it's I think it's fairly normal.
1: Well I tell you what, I'll go first because mine uh I'm not nearly as articulate and well spoken as you and you, you usually do a better job than me. Number ten is one that probably would have popped up higher had it come out earlier in the year. A uh, somewhat of a surprise was uh Ryan Adams return to releasing music, his album Wednesdays. Now he was supposed to release one the first one I think was called Big Love or something like that, but it was Colors. Or, no, yeah, yeah, colors. That's right. And I think it was going to be more of the rock album, um, but that one is going to come out. I was reading the other day, but they released Wednesdays instead. and said, um, and nothing has changed with him. He's still sad. And uh, this is a really, this is a really depressing album. You don't want to listen to it if you're, uh, you know, you're having a bad day, but it's, it's pretty stripped down. There's three or four songs with, with drums on it. The rest of it's just him and an acoustic guitar. But Chris, one of the things that really stuck out to me, especially on songs like Birmingham, he's singing in a register that I don't really remember him singing in that I really, really enjoyed. He's he's on, on a lot of this record. He's higher.
2: Yeah. He's much, much higher. And, and I don't mean the drugs. Um, no, he, he's, he, he sings with a much higher voice. And and, and I don't know how we're doing this. If you're going through your, I guess you're going to go straight through your list, but this part, I'm going to go and tell you my, this, cause this, you talk about, we have a couple that are shared. Well, this one is my number 10 as well. And I, I feel the same way that had it come out earlier, it might, could have been higher up on the list, but I'm still learning to, I'm still learning this album. So uh, it was, it was definitely a late year release and it was a surprise release. You know, you talk, that's another thing. You talk about some albums that just sort of dropped immediate, like without, any promotion, man, this one came out, this word, he leaked word on this just a few days before it was put out. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. None of us did. And the biggest surprise to me was it was not one of that three albums that were going to come out. What was it? About two years ago, I guess, at this point, yeah. it was not one of those albums. Um This one is definitely very sad bastard. It's uh, even for him. It's a sad record because you get some of the other ones, and there's a lot more. They'll he'll throw a little bit more rocking on it. This one, man, that that's not it. it. It's 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 sad. Um, you know, I you you answered a question that I I made, when I made my notes here, I, I put the question: Will we get the three albums? And you said at least colors. We are. I guess we're gonna get all three of them.
1: I, I've, the I've, I've I'm a member of several of his like Facebook club, fan clubs or whatever. Yeah. And and they keep saying we're getting all of them. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. And look, I know people
2: are are down on him and I'm not, I'm not condoning any of his behavior. I I will say this. I'm trying to make sure I say this in a way where I don't sound like a scumbag here, but the artists that we have loved our whole lives have been way worse than this guy ever was. But he's in the he's in the air. This is in the era of Me Too, and I think David, you'd probably agree with me on that one. I'm not saying what he did was good, what he did was acceptable, but it's a different it's a different age that we're living in. And man, I mean, just look at what Motley Crue did. Man, read the dirt. Those guys would be finished if they if if this were if if that happened yeah. if they were a brand new band saying say they came out in 2018 and or let's say 2015 is when they came out and they're riding high on this they're on top of the world and the stories. i'm not gonna even get into it but one of the one story in particular in the dirt if that came out those guys would be finished possibly in jail yes exactly so like i said i'm not condoning i'm just saying right. you know there's anyway i, I don't want to sound like i'm a ron adams apologist but i'm just gonna glad to have the music and a couple of a few songs that I really liked on this. Of course, the opening song, I'm Sorry and I Love You. I just, I mean, that one, probably the most painful one on the record. I love that one. Who's Gonna Love Me Now If Not You, Birmingham, which I know you probably want to chime on on that one in a second. And then the last one, Dreaming You Backwards. Um, great, great songs.
1: Yeah, Birmingham and Dreaming You Backwards are my my two favorite ones on there. And, and Birmingham is <laughs> is a diss track of uh, Jason Isbell, who released a diss track earlier on him called um, Ryan Adams called Chaos and Close. Uh, anyway, you have to um, Isbell's is more direct. Ryan Adams is a, you have to know a little bit more of the story to get it. But uh, I really lo- like I said I really love that register that he sings in. It's almost at times kind of almost Neil Young esque. Um, which yeah. which I really, really like. So I'm looking forward to, you know, getting these other albums out and reportedly, you know, he went to rehab. He's sober, he's apologized for everything. Um so hopefully he's on his way back to you know to the being releasing more music and touring. All right, number nine is actually a reissue. It's uh Tom Petty's Wildflowers and all the rest. And I'm sure somebody's going, David, why are you you know, talking about a reissue on a top albums? Well, it's because this was originally going to be a double album, with produced by Rick Rubin, and the record company kind of forced him to trim it down to one album. And normally, like I talk about on here, I'm not a fan of double albums. This is one that should have been released as a double album for sure. Um, how he set on these these extra songs, um, I, I don't know. Some of them are just as good, you know, as, as the songs on Wildflowers uh it's, it's an album that's really really grown on me over the years. It took me a while i think to really really appreciate it um, I think it's just a masterpiece and uh kudos to his family for releasing this the way they did it was great and then normally like when you, they issue these albums they'll have like demos and stuff like that which I don't really care for but his demos is just him with a guitar at his house and you hear how these songs started it's just i don't know it's just it's a it's a fascinating project that they released and i'm so glad they did because like i said the the album of new material is top notch
2: you know i'm it's almost embarrassing to say it because you've said said before how much you love this and and i haven't gone back and and revisited and i'm going to especially after you talk about that i uh you know we just shared each other our list with each other um actually just yesterday i got your list and and i just I haven't, I didn't have the time to get back and listen through all of them, but I'm going to, and this is one that over the years, it's, you talk about it's grown on you. I think over the years, it's probably been a lot of Tom Petty fans because I think it's, it's kind of popular to put this as people's favorite Tom Petty album. It, it's not my pick when it comes to them. I, I, I do like it. I, I think this is a really, really good record. I, I liked more of the rocking albums that he did. It's not taking anything away from this, but um, yeah, very, very, very popular record, and I'm sure it's something that made the diehard Petty fans, I'm sure it made them, made 2020 suck a little less.
1: Yeah, but I think the, I, I got the deluxe edition, which was like three albums, but there was like another one that was like seven or eight albums worth of stuff, and they, they released, you know, basically him playing all the songs live, so it was really well done. My number eight band is a late addition to uh, to my list. It's a band called Doves, and uh, I have a friend and fellow podcaster that lives in England named Liam Whiting, and he sent me a message. He said, you really need to try this band out. Apparently, they've been around since like 2002, 2003. The album is The Universal Want, and uh, there's the opening song on it is my favorite one. It's called Carousels, but... If I could compare them to anybody, they sound like Coldplay on the first two albums before Coldplay got terrible. Um, really, really good. They've got a really big catalog. I'm, I'm going back and getting into it, but a great British uh, alternative band. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, I have, and I'm not real familiar with the music, but I
2: have heard of them. And a lot of times, I uh, I think I get confused, Doves and Dolls. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, I've, I'm definitely I've had heard of them. Like I said, I'm, I'm not familiar enough and I can't really comment on this album other than say, I'm going to go back and check it out.
1: All right. Number seven, the Jayhawks XO XO. This was the year that I really got into the Jayhawks and, and just really started to appreciate them. And um, this is just a solid, solid country rock album. Uh, great harmonies on there. Uh, just solid songwriting. Um, it's one of those ones you can put on and kind of have in the background and Um, and it just makes everything, everything fit. I I really like it. Um, They have been around a long time, very, very well respected, especially in the alt country world. Uh, And it's impressive that this long end, they're still putting out good records. Um,
2: Yeah. And I, and I think probably, probably what kind of got you back into them was when we did our, our, uh, our month of Americana. Yeah. Uh, I know you started revisiting within that, at that time, and you know, we talked about them, especially those first couple of records that they did. You know, very, very important band, Americana.
1: All right, my next one is a curveball. It's a band called the Long Beach Dub All Stars. This was also the year that I got into reggae. <laughs> Uh, the Long Beach Dub All-Stars are essentially sublime without the guy that was the lead singer, but it's it's just straight reggae. And it's their first album I think they've put out in like close to 20 years. And so when I I, I really got into listening to like Burning Spear and Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and uh, Toots and the Maytals and just all these bands. And so uh, it was listed, all those are like classic reggae artists. And so I was like, well, who are some, you know, newer arg- artists to listen to? And it was a band called Slightly Stupid, came up a lot, a band called The Expendables, and then Long Beach Dub All-Stars. It's really kind of, it's just kind of fun music. You can tell it's just like very stoner-esque. song on there called Owens Brothers, uh, I really like. But uh, Chris, this is one I know for sure you've never heard of. (laughs) No, I haven't. No, well, okay. Let me step back. I actually have
2: heard of them. Because I knew that the guys were doing something Minus Bradley. I knew about that. Uh, I didn't know that it was a uh, like full-on reggae project. That being said, it doesn't surprise me, because Sublime always hinted with reggae. You know, they always did. There was It was clear that those guys were really big into it, especially, I guess, at you know, Southern California. Uh, the biggest thing that surprised me, what you said, is I've always heard the name Slightly Stupid, and I always assumed they were kind of... Uh, almost like a new metal type band. I mean, that, that sounds like that'd be a new metal band. Slightly stupid.
1: No, they are probably 50% reggae, 25% um, rock and 25% um, almost jam band. Like, not like they do like long jams, but just kind of the song. Like they just did Franklin's Tower, a cover of Franklin's Tower with Bob Weir and stuff like that. They're, But they're primarily a reggae band. They're actually really, really good too. They, did not release an album this year but yeah they're really really good all right number five is the drive-by truckers a new okay this was a surprise release by them they released the unraveling earlier in the year um i liked it not nearly as much as american band but i really liked uh the new okay and chris this interesting story because it's basically right down the road from your house they uh last year or so were just had some time in memphis and i think that either recording at Sun Studios or somewhere right around there, and uh, I think about half these songs are from that, and then the other half are just from like random times of be in the studio, but Patterson Hood, obviously, he grew up, his dad is David Hood, who was one of the members of the Muscle Shoals Sound, so I mean, he grew up around people that are famous, and because of his dad, you know, he you know knows a lot of famous people, and so I'm sure he doesn't get starstruck all that often. So they're literally in the studio recording and Patterson Hood is at the microphone and he looks out Mick Jagger and Jerry Lee Lewis get out of a car <laughs> and walk in and like none of the nobody was told that they were coming and uh, he talks about just like how starstruck he and Mike Cooley were and uh, that's a pretty cool story. Um, those- yeah, I can't imagine I can't imagine that. You, you talk about one of the
2: godfathers of rock and roll. And then the front men of one of the biggest bands ever. Right. Showing up. Yeah. Okay. No, no reason
1: to be starstruck there, right? No. Uh-uh. I think he said it was like the biggest deal to him because he, since he got to go to see uh, Springsteen on Broadway and got to go backstage and hang out with Springsteen, uh, which I think Springsteen's his favorite artist of all time. So that was. I'm sure cool for him too, but yeah. So um, the song, uh, the unraveling, which ironically is not on the album, the unraveling, is really good. And then they do a uh, that's our buddy, Matt Patton that came on here singing on that, and he also sings on a cover of the Ramones, "The KKK Took My Baby Away," which is really and I've good. I've heard
2: that. I've seen the I've seen the video.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I have heard that and seen the video. That's a that's a great song and a great job by them. They've been playing that for years live, so I'm glad they finally put that to tape. Marcus King, El Dorado. It's Marcus King's first ever solo album. He recorded it and produced it with Dan Allerbach from the Black Keys. Um, his most mature effort yet. Uh, it's a lot more stripped down than the Marcus King band. Uh, bright future for this guy. Um, he did a he did do a very cool live stream, Chris. You probably would have liked. It was a uh, him as a with a trio, and they basically did hard rock and metal songs. And uh, Brent from. Um, mastodon came out and they played is it electric funeral by black sabbath yeah yeah and just yeah that's a sabbath song yeah just absolutely killed that so uh number four marcus king number three pearl jam gigaton man this album blew me away it was such a surprise to me how good it was i i loved backspacer but i did not like lightning bolt the last one that came out at all and kind of thought they were probably done putting out new music, but uh, man, was uh, was I wrong. The lead song, Dance of the Clairvoyance, I think was kind of just a, a to joke with the fans. It's basically a, a talking head song, is what it sounds like. It's the only song like that on the album. And when it first came out, I was like, what direction are they going? But I, that song has really, really grown on me, along with like uh, Super Blood Wolf Moon, uh, let's see, Never Destination, Seven O'Clock. Um, all right, Th- those are all really good songs, and I was really hoping to go see them this year on tour, but uh, that's not happening. But yeah, this one really, really blew me away. You you heard that well, you heard yeah, that, that dance uh, of the clairvoyance, didn't you?
2: I did, and I, I it was yeah, it was
1: very, very
2: different, and I actually liked it. I thought it was good, and I did listen to this album. I I um, it's been a while. So I, I can't really remember it. I, I, I mean, I guess I, I guess I should say if, if I didn't keep going back, then it didn't blow me away. But I don't remember just disliking it. You know, I, I don't know that there was anything wrong with it. But you've always been the Pearl Jam fan, you know. I, I like um I like some of their music, but uh, outside of the the very early ones, they're more I'm more just hit, you know hit and miss as far as what I like. First few records I really like. I did like them a lot.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was impressive this far, this, you know, late in their career, they're still inspired to put out, you know, new music that's, that's actually really, really good. All right, number two, Local Honey by Brian Fallon. Um, when Spotify released my most listened to tracks of the year, th- three of the top ten were off this album. This may be my favorite Brian Fallon album, and it's it's much more stripped down and very short. I think it's only eight songs, which and I think he released like four singles before it came out. So, by the time it mm-hmm. came out, it was just like listening to a new EP, really. Um, song Horses, Twenty One Days. Um, I don't mind as long as I'm with you. Some of the standout tracks. There's another track. Uh, is it a girl's name? I forget the name of it. Um, it's there's the one song, there's song Benson. Yeah, yeah. 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 That song is great. Yeah. That song's great. And I think he said that's the first time he's ever really wrote a song from a third person perspective, but, um, Fallon did not disappoint on this at first. Uh, I got it and I was like, well, it, it's kind of, usually he has several really tempo songs on his albums. And it, that's really largely not on this one, but they are very, very high quality. My wife wears them out 21 days you know, we both found out that actually about him quitting smoking. <laughs> uh, and now that you listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly for sure what it is. But I, I know it's, you know, you have it on your list and, and Fallon just does not disappoint.
2: I'll just, I'll say this, without I guess I'll give him the ranking. And I'll go through my rankings here in a second, but um, I'll go and talk about this one now. I, you know, you said it may be your favorite Fallon record for me initially and you probably remember this. We have it documented. I said this. This is my. This is probably my favorite Brian Fallon record. Like anything, listening for, over time can change things, good or bad. I do like this album. It's not my favorite. You know, I'm, I, I. I just don't like it more than painkillers. I love painkillers. This was different because this is. You know, this is obvious. And I think this is what we're going to get from Brian Fallon going forward. I think the uh, punk influence, I, I truly believe that's over, um, which I like this direction that he went in. I'm always going to long for what made me fall in love with Brian Fallon. Yeah, I'm all, so putting that aside and just focusing on what this album is. I like it. Um yeah, like I said, initially I thought it was his best. Don't really feel that way anymore. I'm looking over some of my, my notes. I just put on here that he is one of the best. We've talked about this before, but I feel like he's one of the best songwriters that there is, and, and not just—I mean, not just the songs, the structures, and all, but, but the lyricism. And you—you you, talked—you you, talked about 21 Days. Just that's just brilliant songwriting. Writing a, a sad love song, and it's about quitting cigarettes. Uh, that that's like I said, brilliant songwriting. The first one that he released was "You Have Stolen My Heart," which, in my opinion, one of the, one of his best songs. Period. And I include the Gaslight Anthem. That song is amazing. Um, when you're ready, uh, you know n- neither one of us, David, are, are fathers, but uh, I imagine this one kind of punches fathers in the gut right there. And, um, people that aren't familiar, I wrote this down, but he he put, "I don't want you to grow up because I don't want you to leave." When you're ready to choose someone, make sure they love you half as much as me. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, I had tickets to see Brian Fallon. Um, I think it was – God, it's been so long. I think it was, it was either March or April that I had. I was going to Dallas to see him. And um, actually, the guy that was going to be opening is no longer with us. Um help me out here just uh, justin towns earl yeah is that, is that, is that how we mm-hmm. say his name
1: yeah
2: yeah um he was opening that show so yeah a lot's changed since the beginning of this year when i got tickets for this show but, but yeah good album
1: yeah great album go listen to it good singer songwriter stuff all right my number one album is uh the war on drugs and it's their live album live drugs and the reason i picked a live album was first of all the recordings on this are just perfect but it was recordings taken over the years and some of the songs are arranged different than they wound up being recorded, which adds like a really cool layer to it. Um, had numerous people message me that this is their album of the year. It's just, they are a band that if you haven't heard them, I don't know really how to describe them. They're like part time petty part, the cure part, my morning jacket. Um, just um Adam Granusil is the lead singer and songwriter and guitar player. And they uh they are a band that has just gotten better and better every year. A couple of years ago they won a Grammy for best rock album. Um the intros and outros to some of these songs, it's just really cool how they how they work it and how they do it and go from one song to the other. Um a band that is releasing new music next year, and uh it, it's a band that has really moved on from the days of when Kurt Vile was in the band. And uh, I like Kurt Vile, but uh, the the albums without him have just gotten better and better. Uh, One of the best live bands that you'll see, Uh, you know, here in America, they can do three 3,000 seat arenas, but like in London, they sold out the O2 arena, uh, much bigger over there. You know how that goes, like Kings of Leon and Rival Sons and stuff like that. It takes us a while, but anyway, live drugs, uh, the song Strangest Thing, Pain, they do a cover of Warren Zevon's Almost Like a Martyr. Which is really good. Um, there's really not a bad song on there. It's only ten songs. I think they're going to release some more live albums. But anyway, that one is hands down my album of the year. You know, I did not know that Kurt Vile was in that band. Originally, yeah, the first album and then part and then part of the touring cycle for uh, writing for the second one, and then he he left. Okay, so- I didn't know that,
2: and and I haven't heard this live record. I but when we recommended albums for each other to listen to. This was you gave me one of the records, and I remember telling. Remember, I told you I, I did really like it, and um, I could, this is one I'll definitely check out.
1: Yeah, it's really really good. Uh, the song "Pain." All right, is the song that I'm going to play at the end for everybody. So, uh, Chris, what's your top ten?
2: Okay, so number ten. Not going to elaborate. But we've already talked about this. Ryan Adams, Wednesdays. Number nine. Nine. We've already talked about Brian Fallon, Local Honey. Yeah, before this ever came out, I thought this would have been, I would have thought this would be top three. Uh, but like I said, this is my top 10. I really, really, really like these albums. So that's not a knock on br- the Brian Fallon record. It's just saying how great I think the next, all, all these in the top 10 are. So number eight is one that, that I know you, um, this is one that I know we have talked about before David that you're not you're not a fan of um and that's uh, The Strokes. Sorry, I was sorry I sounded distracted. My uh flashlight popped up on my phone I couldn't get it off. Um but yeah, I know this The Strokes are not one that you've fallen in love with. Um I think you did even you even tried one of their albums. The, I think that may have been the first one. But this one that came out The New Abnormal. And and, and let me just say too, the first couple of Strokes records is what I really liked this one are the, the some ones that followed not huge on them this one i didn't expect to fall in love with like i did but the strokes a new abnormal um i was absolutely shocked but how much i like this i'd say it's one of the, their best records and probably my favorite songs on the album my favorite four are the very first four and that's the adults are talking um selfless brooklyn bridge the chorus and bad decisions song bad decisions I would say it's one of my favorite songs that came out this year. Um maybe top five songs.
1: They they uh they've really had some a kind of an odd career arc. <laughs> Don't you think? Like when they first came out, they were the they were the darlings of the of the underground press, so to speak. And then I feel like they kinda of went away with a whimper and then I feel like every couple of years they kind of come back into the into the press. I agree with that. And you know who I'll put them as kind of comparable to? Not sound wise.
2: But one that also everybody fell in love with, huge the first couple of records, and they just went south. And that's the killers. And I feel like after um Oh geez, what's the name of the help me out with this? Uh is it Is it Battleborn? Is that the name of the record? Yeah, it has Runaway on it? Yeah. The kill Okay. Great record. After that, the next two—I'm sorry—they're just not for me. And I feel like, in some ways, that's kind of what, kind of what uh, the Strokes did. But then they just rebounded with this one, and like I said, I love it. Uh, one, definitely one of my most listened to of the year. So, um, number number seven is a band that I found out about a few months back. Uh, the band's called Cold Years, and I found about out about them. You know, we talked about this a lot david we get asked when we're obsessed you know, music fans like we are how we hear our fans and i always tell them there's so many different ways well here's one of the ways in this modern era i was i, I follow i'm on a um a gaslight anthem fan page on, through facebook and i've seen a couple people talk about this band and how much they say they're similar to the gaslight anthem so i uh I gave him a shot and I agree with that. I, I do think they're um they're similar to, to Gaslight. They uh the singer he, he does one of our mutual friends said he sounds a lot like Laura Jane Grace of Against Me. And I do hear that, but with an accent. I, I believe these guys are Scottish. But this is he he uh, this this vocalist also has the um, ability to emote like Brian Fallon. So he really can sell his songs. Some ones, if if you're unfamiliar with them and you want to give them a a chance, check out, the album's called Paradise. I don't don't think I said that. The Cold Year's Paradise. Check out Life With A View, uh, Night Like This, Too Far Gone, and 62. Those are all just excellent, excellent songs. I don't know, David, I I know I told you about them. Did you ever check them out?
1: I I listened to them some today, and I agree. They kind of have that Gaslight Anthem vibe to it. I, I, I saved the album to go back and listen to it later. I liked what I heard. I listened to, like, two songs. I do think you'll like them.
2: Um, yeah, I know we're busy right now with everything going on, so I understand. Like I said, I hadn't had a chance to listen to your list, and I'm going to. So, but but I do think this is one off of my list, one of the ones you're most likely to like. So coming in at number six, Greg Dooley. Um, album's called Random Desire. Greg Dooley, for those that are unfamiliar, that are not familiar, he is the singer, songwriter, the, um, the brains behind the Afghan Wigs. And this was his first solo record. It it was hard for me to get used to saying that because he did release something called Amber Hot or um, Amber Headlights. I want to say is the name of it. I'm not looking at it right now, but which was fantastic. But supposedly that he didn't consider that a, a solo album because I think it was just a bunch of stuff thrown together that he had. This was a true effort of a solo album. And this one's really good. It's, it's, I like it because one of the things I like about it is that it, you know it's great, Dooley, but it doesn't sound like an Afghan re- Wigs record. I hate it when guys put out a solo record and it sounds just like their band. So he didn't do that. I know we've talked about this one before on on the um, podcast, uh, the first lead single. Um, God, I, I think I had the same trouble, trouble last time. I need to do a Google search and find out how to actually pronounce this word. Uh, Pentomima. Uh, that's the best I got, I got for you. The... My favorite one on the record is a song called The Tide, and there's a song, It Falls Apart, the song Marry Me. Really, really solid effort by Greg Dooley. And I do know, speaking of, I do know the Wigs are working on another record, so hopefully there will be something coming out in 21 from them.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I remember Christopher Thorne telling us about this album. It was kind of a secret at the time.
2: Yeah, it was. I remember he he did say it, because I think it came out not long. It was not long after he told us about it. That uh, duly released uh, the first single from it, and then a few months later, it came out. But, but it was a good record. I was happy with it. Number five, a band that we that I've talked about anyway, a good bit on this on this podcast. One of my favorite bands for sure, favorite modern era bands, and that's the Airborne Toxic Event. Name of the the record is Hollywood Park. This is a concept album, and. You know concept albums there's been there's definitely been a, a good number of them I can't say there's been a good number of great ones and agreed. yeah for for me the one that has become one of my favorites if not my favorite is Titus andronicus um the monitor and I remember when um uh, when Mikhail, I believe believes Mikha Jolay the the vocalist frontman everyone talks event when when he um, when this one was about to come out, he was talking about through Twitter concept albums and naming the ones that were his favorite. And then he brought up he brought up Titus Titus Andronicus and it was like, "Oh hell yeah!" And this one is right up there with that as far as one of my favorite ones. This one is um, I guess this one's a, a, this one's a, this one's a true story, and it's it's. Uh, it's it's definitely sad. It's about his life growing up in a cult, and he did he has a comp, an accompanying book that he released, and I, I own the book. I've had s- several things I've I've been reading lately, but I haven't got to it yet. But definitely plan on reading it. Uh, the thing about about Mikkel is his the I just talked about it with with Cold Years. We talk we always talk about it with Brian Fallon, the way that this guy's. Ability to emote and really make you believe what what he's singing, it's there's just not many people better at that. This album, fantastic as I'm getting in these, especially these top five, I, they're almost interchangeable. This one, I could probably consider, I could probably make an argument anyway, why it could be my number one. But songs to check out the lead single, uh, Hollywood Park, uh, great, great opening track. It's a solid, solid drumming on that one, too, by the way. Carry Me, Come On Out. And then my, aside from Hollywood Park, my next two favorite songs on it are probably Everything I Love Is Broken and All These Engagements. But, um, you know, they, everyone toxic event has not put out a bad record yet. And they certainly didn't start with Hollywood Park.
1: I remember when that, that single came out. I really liked it. And I had it saved to listen to and just never went back to it. But after I got your list today, for whatever reason, I wound up listening to uh, Dope Machines, which is a little more kind of a synth pop album, which I'm kind of really into now. And I, I was really digging that, but I need to go back and listen to, to this one because I, I, li- I do like them.
2: You know, it's funny. I, I never really thought, I didn't think about that until now when you brought that up. But since you have gotten on this kick, which we can save for another podcast now that we're back, but um, David has kind of, David's just a few steps from wearing a guyliner and um, and and dyeing his hair black, but but um yeah, Dope Machines is definitely one that when I recommended you listen to to uh, the first record back probably a good year ago. Had, had we been doing that podcast that we did then, were we doing that now? I would have recommended Dope Machines because if I'm not mistaken, I think I gave you Dope Machines and then I said, no, no, go back to the first one because I think it'd be more your style. But uh, yeah, I think I think Dope Machines give that another, give that some more listens. I think you'll love that. So, number four, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen, Letter to You. So, my first impression when I listened to this was it made me sad, and it's kind of hard to explain. I guess a lot of it has to do with the sound of the songs. I think it's the fact that. That uh, Danny Federici has passed, Clarence Clemens has passed, and you know that their time of making albums are—it's probably somewhat limited, unfortunately. And I think that's probably what really made me just—just thinking that it's—I know it's not going. Nothing lasts forever, and and then as I started listening to this and reading about it and on, you understand that this album really deals with mortality and, and aging. And so my initial thoughts, well, they were spot on. And also initially, I would have said that this is, I would have probably given this on a scale, on a a one to 10 scale, I probably would have given this a six. That's not bad. That means I thought it was okay. After about a week or two of listening to it, I shot it up to about an eight and probably bordering on nine. I think it's, it's definitely his best one since Magic in the modern era. You know, everything post 80s, I'd say for me, I know people love Tunnel of Love. But for me, this is the best since Magic and maybe my favorite one since been in the USA. There are three tracks on it that were from the early 70s. Janie Needs a Shooter, If I Was the Priest, and Song for Orphans. They're all really good songs, especially, my favorite is probably Song for Orphans. Um, and then the, the the new songs, the first one on the album, One Minute You're Gone. I mean, I'm sorry, One Minute You're Here. It's a it's not a cheery opener. It's very slow. It, it's, it's just sad sounding. Picks up with Letter to You, which is the, the title track, which I love. Burning Train's good upbeat one. House of a Thousand Guitars. Also kind of a sad sounding one. But then and then Ghost, I think is amazing. And then I'll See You in My Dreams. Um, it's way the album ends. And another very sad one. There's an accompanying film with this that I highly recommend. You can get it on, um, on Apple, on Apple TV. And when they play this song, when they're, I guess they've done, they, they're done recording it. They went off to the cabin somewhere they, all the all the band was together, recorded this. When they're playing this, the, the long time Springsteen producer, collaborator, John Landau is bawling like a baby. Um, and it just kind of goes back to what I've said. It's just, there's something about this record that just makes me feel sad. And, another one that man, I could make an argument for this being my number one.
1: And we're going to have a Bruce Springsteen episode. It'll probably be our next episode. Actually. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Aaron Martell from the ridiculous rock record review podcast is going to join us and I'm going to kind of moderate it. And he and Chris are going to wax poetically about the boss.
2: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. So we go to number three, another band I've talked about a good bit on here. A lot of the reasons why we talk about him is the, uh, The front man's uh Twitter wars. But uh American Aquarium.
1: I had to quit following. I had to I, I just had to quit following him. <laughs> He's an angry one. Yeah. Um <laughs> but uh
2: but man, this album's so good. I uh honestly I think it's one of their best. I would put it in my top three that they've made. I, I don't think he'll ever I don't think BJ Barn will ever top Burn Flick or Die. But I don't know, maybe in time this becomes number two for me. But I really like this album. Another one that could have been my number one. The uh opening track, Me and Mine. Great, great tune. Six Years Come September. Man, that's a that's a sad one. That's a I uh, when we're talking about watching these these performances through all COVID, watching these live performances. I watched a stage at performance where he played this album. It was before before it was released. So this first time I heard the songs and when he played this song, he talked about the story behind it. And it's a friend of his who was, who had a few too many drove and it was either his wife or girlfriend was in the car and their child. And he had a wreck. He's the only one that survived and he's in prison. It's uh so yeah, it's a, it's a sad song. Um, starts with you. Another, that's one of my favorite ones. And I just want to share a couple of like the, the, the lyrics that I love about BJ Borrow, The opening lyric. They say you're only as sick as your secrets. If that's true, then friend, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Um great opening lyric. And this also, this, this song also has the, the lyric which I, I talked about before on here. He says, She said, Why do you play all them sad songs who went and hurt you so badly? I just laughed and said, baby, them sad songs is the only thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Sad songs. They make me happy. And, you know, I've got a couple of friends now that it, we've all talked about it. Like sad songs do make us happy. And, um, I think shout out to our, our, uh, our Norwegian friend Rune. I believe he even posted one time sad songs make me happy. And I guess that's, a weird quality about me and now American Aquarium I actually just ordered the t-shirt. They have a they have a shirt that says sad songs make me happy. So, I'll be wearing that one. But um another few other songs, the the day I learned a lie to you starts out with a lot, like an old Baptist southern hymn, a better south, how wicked i was, the long haul, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal album, American Aquarium. So, number 2 This one is a very, very late edition. So it tells you how big of an impact it made on me and how quickly it made an impact on me. This was, I cannot remember who I was listening to, but I was listening to an album on Apple Music. The album was over and it just started playing something that they deemed as similar. And it was this band, Spanish Love Songs. And when I heard the song, and it was from a previous record, I was like, Holy hell! What is this? And I immediately went and I looked at their albums and I saw it wasn't the new one. So I stopped that song. I was like, okay, I want to hear the new record. And this new record is called Brave Faces. Everyone, man, this one hit me like a ton of bricks. I love this record. It's kind of, um, kind of gaslight, kind of the, the emotional punk of like hot water music, um, jawbreaker. These guys, they. They are self-proclaimed grouch rock, and that's a fitting description because this dude just seems always unhappy about everything, but great record, um, songs to to check out, I would say all of them, but uh, Routine Pain, uh, Self-Destruction, Kick. Kick is one that's clearly about addiction, uh, because they're in here, saw you last week, we hadn't talked since graduation. Uh, you're moving H with a guy to catch up but it's clear you're using I didn't have the guts to be a better friend but what's another 10 grand gonna fix in the end um, yeah it's it's uh, it's and that's kind of that's that one was that was kind of a, a deep cut there a deep track and he's uh, he's a good lyricist it's a good record beats front property losers Dolores the title track Brave Faces everywhere our Brave Faces everyone I love love this album I know this is one I just told you about David you probably hadn't got, got a chance to listen to this but it's one I would recommend checking out
1: don't you have a song you want us to play off of it
2: yeah so we're gonna play um I tell you and, and, and so David asked me like give me a song to play from your top your top 10 and I uh, so most of my my artists on here I feel like people that are big music fans that are listening to us know these most of these bands this may be the one one of the only ones people do not know of. So I wanted to go ahead and share some of their music, give everybody a chance to hear them. So Spanish love songs off the record. Brave faces everyone. Songs losers. We were lucky enough to get a few minutes time with these guys, but Country Westerns, self-titled debut, and and I won't go on and on about this one because we have interviewed them and I know I talked to them about how much I love the record. Nothing has changed. This was pretty much I knew pretty early on after listening to this album, it would be my number one, number one, uh, an Americana, a rock album, whatever you want to call it. I love every single song on here, uh, anytime. It's not easy. I'm not ready. My favorite track, It's On Me, uh, Two Characters in Search of a Country Song, It's this album is fantastic. And that just wraps up 10 albums that, if not all of them, at least most of them will probably be being listened to 10 years from
1: now. It's the first time you've had a list I didn't have anything on I hated. That worries me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there was. <laughs> well, I could have put the uh, the live death heaven, but um, but no, I, I went I went pretty normal on this one. That's what I told you. I really didn't throw anything way out there. Um, maybe they're not the most. Some of them aren't the most known artists. You know, I've got bands like the bands like the Strokes, Bruce Springsteen, Ryan Adams, some really really known names. I've got some lessers like country westerns, Spanish love songs, Cold Years. But um, nothing is really just out there. And I didn't have any metal or any hard rock on there. Which, uh, we, David, we were talking about a, our buddy uh, Steve from Potter Than Hell. When we gave him the, our,
1: he wanted our, our top three records. He was probably thinking, man, what the hell is this? I did listen to that. He, he didn't use mine, but he used <laughs> yours. And he's like, and this is Chris Gregg's top three. It's going to be three bands I've never heard of. <laughs>
2: I mean, God love him, you know, he, he, he at least wants to share, but, uh, yeah, they, they, um, these, they, they didn't, uh, and I, and there are some rock metal by the way that I, I liked, uh, I, I really liked the new striper and I, uh, I liked, um, one that we haven't talked about because we haven't done this in a while, but, you know, going back from, you know, our, our young days of, uh, Falling in love with music, local Memphis band Every Mother's Nightmare. I really, really, really like their new album. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I still listen to it. But uh, those are probably like my two favorites of the in the hard rock metal vein. Um, but uh, they were probably right outside the top ten. But but yeah, I mean, my, my top ten wasn't that difficult for me to put together. It's just the order.
1: Yeah. Lots of lots of good music. It's a shame uh, the Cure didn't put out a new album this year.
2: Well, I, I, it's funny. I was going to say that to you. You know, it's um maybe you'll get to have your new, you know, your new like obsession on your top ten next year, and maybe I'll get to have Social Distortion in my top ten next year. <laughs> you know, because Social Distortion's been putting they've been putting out their new record for about five six years.
1: Maybe next year we can go see Social Distortion and the Cure.
2: Oh, man, that'd be great. Yeah, that, that really would be. Um, hopefully these guys will, hopefully hopefully they'll both put out a new record next year. I feel like The Cure one's going to happen.
1: It supposedly is done.
2: Social Distortion. <laughs> yeah, Social Distortion. I, I just believe it when I hear the, the release date. That's when I believe it. Because literally they've been talking about it for probably about five years. I saw them about a year and a half ago in Memphis and they played two songs that were going to be on the new record. And so that makes you think, well, man, it's getting close. No. No such lot.
1: Well, I would say what I'm looking forward to the most next year is obviously the new War on Drugs album. I think we're finally going to get that Megadeth album, uh, which listening to hearing Dave Ellison talk about it, it sounds like it's going to be really, really good. And it sounds like it's a really angry album. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Yeah, like we said, The Cure, it sounds like they're going to, Pop, probably have a new album i read where slash said there'll be new guns and roses i'd be interested to hear that uh hear how that goes but i think we're gonna get flooded with new music but yeah those are the ones i'm looking the most forward to probably the war on drugs and the megadeth one i know we've been saying that megadeth one for like three years now but it, it supposedly is done but those are the ones that i'm looking the most forward to
2: yeah especially after you know megadeth over the last decade or so have you know been okay you know and they've been okay, um, but Dystopia was one of their best albums, and so if they can build off of that, and you know they still got the same guitarist Kiko, they still got him in the lineup, so yeah, that, that I'm hoping we get something that's even close to. If it's even close to Dystopia, it'll be great. And like you said, Cure, um, Social Distortion, man, not. I hope it happens. I'm not holding out hope. We talked about some of these Ryan Adams records. Maybe they'll start coming out in the next year. Yeah. Um, even bands like, even bands like Country Westerns, was my number one man. That those guys never even got to tour that record at all. And I know they're working on new stuff now. So I don't know. They may, when they finally get to hit the road, they may be playing two albums. And and that's another thing too. As I kind of wrap up, is a few of these bands that I've. You know, seen been lucky enough to see several times. Springsteen, American Aquarium. It's like, man, these new songs I bet would be so good live. And we haven't got to see them because these albums both came out after COVID had hit.
1: Yeah, one of the real so odd year, man. One of the real shames. Hopefully next year is going to be better. Hope we're going to have more new releases, more concerts to go to uh everything hopefully is better next year want to thank everybody for hanging with us do apologize that it's been so long since we uh have have had a podcast but we'll try to get a more regular schedule our next one is probably going to be all about uh, bruce springsteen so if you're a fan of the boss tell other people about that follow us on twitter at digital killed like our facebook page we have an instagram page digital killed the radio star podcast uh, once again, thank you everybody for hanging with us and here to play us out from my album, number one album, Live Drugs by the War on Drugs, is the song Pain. Take care, everybody.
0: Back again